0: Welcome to the 2024 season for Explore Yellowstone Like a Local, the number one podcast for Yellowstone and Grand Teton National Parks and home to the top-rated guidebook of the same name. And I am your author as well as your host for this and all the other podcasts and videos, Teddy Garland. And this podcast is lodging, dining, and entertainment in the fun little town of West Yellowstone. So I'm not going to get in a whole lot of big spiel about the park in this one, but this podcast will help you guys save some money on your trip by helping you pick out some good lodging options. And remember, I'm going to gloss over everything in this podcast, but all the names of the hotels and all that yada yada is all in the guidebook for you guys. And the guidebook has been called the best guidebook ever written for Yellowstone Park and a must-have for any trip to Yellowstone and even the Bible for Yellowstone Park. So, If you're picking up on these podcasts and you're thinking about getting a guidebook for your Yellowstone vacation and you want some more info before you buy one, simply listen to my introduction to explore Yellowstone like a local podcast or you can watch the YouTube video of the same name. There you will learn about my family's over 100-year history in the park, as well as my knowledge of Yellowstone Park and how easy the guidebook is to use, how it breaks the enormous size of Yellowstone Park down into manageable bites that you easily and enjoyably do in a single day, and in the planning your Yellowstone vacation chapter, how the guidebook helps you save time by beating all the crowds to the top sites, and how to save thousands of dollars on your your Yellowstone vacation by following my money-saving tips on flights, lodging, and dining, which we're going to go over a little bit in this podcast, and I highly recommend anybody listening to this podcast to join our Explore Yellowstone Like a Local Facebook group where you will see hundreds of sparkling reviews for the guidebook as well as thousands of pictures that you guys have posted of you guys having a great time in Yellowstone Park with the help of the guidebook. To get your copy, simply go to our website, exploreyellowstonelikealocal.com, where you can get an electronic copy for only 12 12- Bucks or a paperback copy for 25 bucks, and I write a personal note to everyone who buys one and throw in a cool Yellowstone sticker. And we have some combo deals on there that are very popular where it gets an electronic and a paperback, and that saves you a little jack. And everybody be aware that we only print off 1,000 paperback copies every season to do our part to help save the environment and all that, yada yada. I mean, you are visiting a national park, albeit. And in 2023, we sold out of those 1,000 copies right about August 10th, so get yours early And if you happen to be listening to this podcast and you're already up there and you do want to get a paperback copy The Book Peddler in West Yellowstone, as well as West Park Outdoors in West Yellowstone. Both get a few copies every year for people to come by and pick up that are already on hand. So, let's get started with this podcast, West Yellowstone Lodging, Dining, and Entertainment. And it's like I say, everything's in the guidebook for you guys. We're going to kind of gloss over everything here a little bit. Like all the hotels and restaurants, we're getting ready to kind of gloss over all the names of all those and where they are, is all written down in the guidebook for you guys. And these podcasts simply enable me to tell you guys some funny stories that are simply too lengthy to put in the guidebook. So this gives me a venue to tell you guys some really, really fun and interesting stories. And this podcast is one of the the best and the funniest I have been told because we tell the story of Snaggletooth the bear, who for decades was the most famous bear on planet earth and uh, how I had a chance encounter with him when I was about nine years old. So it's a funny stories. so that's the fun stuff that's going to be in this podcast remember the guidebooks the cake these podcasts are just a little icing on the cake with some sprinkle on top of you guys to meet up tell you guys some good funny stories so all right so let's get rolling west yellowstone lodging dining and entertainment here we come All right, so let's cover lodging first. Uh, Everybody has heard the term location, location, location. And uh, that has never been more true when you're talking about West Yellowstone because it is the easiest, quickest access to Yellowstone Park. And Only about 1,200 people call West Yellowstone home in the summertime and about half that in the winter, but West Yellowstone is home to about 5,000 hotel rooms and there's about 5,000 other hotel rooms or other choices of places to stay within about a 20-mile drive right outside of West Yellowstone. We're going to kind of gloss over all of those here. So when you go to like Expedia or TripAdvisor or anything else like that to look up hotels in West Yellowstone, what it's mainly gonna pull up are these big corporate hotels like the Kelly Inn, the Grey Wolf Inn, this enormous place on the south side of town called the Worldmark Inn. Those are just big corporate hotels like you'd see on the side of an interstate driving down and, and on a highway or something like that. They have no real character or anything like that to them. So in the guidebook, I kind of get you to places that have a lot of character that are like a log cabin and set in some trees or a lakefront cabin that backs up to a high mountain lake where you guys can rent a pontoon boat and pull it up right behind your cabin and go do some fishing after you get out of the park. In the guidebook on my in-town lodging section, I list seven of my favorite places to stay in West Yellowstone, like at that place where you guys can pull up some Adirondack chairs and cook some marshmallows after dinner and things like that. And uh, I also have places that are good money-saving budget options that aren't going to show up on Expedia or TripAdvisor because they get a lot of repeat customers and they just simply don't have to advertise on there to fill their little cabins up every summer. So those are listed in the guidebook. And 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 then uh, I also list places that will accommodate two people or 12. And these are also not going to show up on TripAdvisor and stuff like that because they, they have repeat customers and they don't need to do that. So in the guidebook, you'll find some really good tips of some places to stay including some great budget options that are really cute places to stay like a log cabin in the trees, but they're all listed in the guidebook for you guys. Once you get to the name, you can get up there and look it up online. And you guys gotta remember, a hotel room in Jackson Hole, say it's going to cost $500 a night. Well, that exact same hotel room, same comparable hotel room in West Yellowstone is going to cost about $250. And if you stay at just outside of West Yellowstone, say down in the Island Park area, which we're going to get to next, you'll pay about 30% less. You'll pay about $150 to $175. I got an email from a mom in 2022 who was staying in Jackson Hole Started listening to the podcast, picked up a guidebook, and got all the, the hotel recommendations. And they she emailed me after they got home last year. They saved two thousand eight hundred dollars on lodging alone by switching from Jackson Hole up to West Yellowstone. I mean that's some serious cheese savings, man. That's almost three dimes. And so there's a, a easy way to save money. And I list all these budget options in the town of West Yellowstone that aren't going to show up on TripAdvisor or Expedia. There's my seven favorites. Originally in West Yellowstone right there. And you'll have like a beautiful log cabin in the trees, killer hot tub right there off your front door, big fire pit, you can go out, sit there and talk about what you saw in Yellowstone Park that day. Got a fire pit with a bunch of Adirondack chairs and the kids are cooking marshmallows and all that kind of stuff. So that's what I list in the guidebook for you guys. So not the big corporate stuff. All right, let's talk about just out of West Yellowstone Lodging, just out of town lodging and you can eight, save some more money. All right, let's talk about lakefront lodging first, right outside of West Yellowstone. In the guidebook, I tell you guys about two beautiful high mountain lakes that are just about a 15-minute drive from West Yellowstone. And I list on there the lakefront cabins you guys can get. There's a couple of ranches you guys can stay at that are in the guidebook. And if you guys get one of the lakeside cabins that are around one of these lakes, i also provide you information on where you guys can rent a boat pull it up and dock it right behind your cabin. And when you guys get out of the park, you guys can go out fishing and messing around in the evenings. Kids can go out and do trout fishing in the evenings. And the fun does not have to stop after you guys leave the gates of West Yellowstone. There's a ton of stuff to do outside of the parks. And this is one good way to take advantage of that. Plus, you've got a a lakefront cabin. You're sitting back there. I mean, your kids can go out there and get some spinning rods and catch trout. And you guys can bring them in and cook them for dinner. But all of that information of where these two lakes are and the lodging and everything else around these two lakes is all listed for you guys in the guidebook. All right, let's cover riverfront lodging next. So also in the guidebook, there's a nearby river that is just beautiful, it's gorgeous, it's crystal clear. And you guys can rent a riverfront cabin that you guys could go out there and you have a big back deck that goes right out over the river. Let me, let me tell you guys a quick story. I think this is back in 2021, but we had one of you guys that bought a guidebook and, and found all the lodging tips and everything else, and he rented a cabin on the river where we talk about in the guidebook for you guys. And he noticed a bunch of trout in the river right back there swimming behind their cabin. He went into town and bought a couple spinning rods for his little six- and eight-year-old little boys. They were just Browbeating him in the park, wondering when they could go back out to the cabin and catch more trout, and then their mom would cook them for dinner for him. The fun doesn't stop after you leave Yellowstone Park. I mean, that's really cool. I'm telling you guys, there is a ton of reasonably priced lodging out on these lakefronts and on these rivers for you guys to choose from. Now, one place I do not recommend you guys stay when you guys are searching these outside of West Yellowstone areas is the Max Inn Marriott. But I do have a funny story about the Max Inn Marriott. When I was a kid, there was this huge, just falling down lodge over there. You walked in and the floor would creak and sag and all this crap. Well, anyway, the Marriott bought it about five years ago and turned it into this big, beautiful hotel, overpriced hotel. So we'd get a bunch of kids and go over there, canoe and kayak, and go up and down the river over there. And you'll see hundreds of people doing this, and I cover all of that in the boating and kayaking chapter in the guidebook. And we'll gloss over that here when we get to the entertainment section as well. But uh, anyway, this from Maxin, you'd go over to Maxin, this old janky old falling down cabin. So, and uh, my uncle Jack, you know, he's going to be in a a couple of these, this podcast a couple of times. And don't drink the water. You drink the water at Maxin, you're going to get Maxinitis. And and just sure as shoot and some of the kids go over there and drink the water if they're max in and of course you'd get max in and one or two of the kids go over there and and uh, come back with montezuma's revenge like you're down in mexico and and you know he's in bed with the runs for two days but uh, well they have the, have a <laughs> obviously the water problems have been fixed on this huge new marriott over there but that marriott's expensive that, I, I don't list that in the guidebook They are very proud of these these Marriott rooms and uh, you can stay in a riverfront cabin Right upstream from the Marriott for half of what, and have an entire cabin right on the, on the river to yourself, and versus staying in a Marriott right there. But uh, yeah, that's one reason I do not list the Marriott because it's so expensive, and there's better places to stay. I think. Remember, I'm not going to waste your guys' money, and I think staying at the Marriott just because it's the Marriott name on it is a waste of money compared to what you guys can stay. What I've got listed in the guidebook where you guys can, you know, stay on a riverfront cabin or stay on a on a lakefront cabin where you. Guys can have your own private boat and all that stuff so just guys remember the big sky area further north of west yellowstone is simply just too far north it's about 60 miles from the gate up to the big sky area and i love the big sky area i'm gonna we're gonna go over the fun things to do in the big sky area but to stay up in that big sky area it's just too far north you know you've been in the Park all day and zooming around, you're worn out, the kids are worn out, everybody wants wants to post up at the hotel or get in your hot tub, and you and and mom want to go have a glass of wine somewhere, we're going to cover some cool places to do that. Yeah, and then you got another hour and a half in the car because you got to drive back through the western edge of Yellowstone Park to get back through there. And you'll see on, on a Big Sky website or a Big Sky hotel or something like that that they claim to be 10 miles from Yellowstone Park. Well, they are, but they're 10 miles from the northwest boundary of Yellowstone Park. And as you can do, you're just driving through the park. You're not accessing anything inside Yellowstone Park. The highway just kind of zooms along the outside edge of it and comes down through there. There's some good hikes in there that I cover in the hiking chapter in the guidebook. But, uh, yeah, you're not in Yellowstone Park. You're not going to Old Faithful up there or going to Mammoth or going over to the Falls. you got to drive right back down to West Yellowstone and go in the West Gate. So they are real close to Yellowstone. But they're not close to getting inside Yellowstone Park and accessing all of the fun stuff to do in there. So, and uh, last but not least, while we're talking about lodging and things like that, one thing I do cover in the guidebook, and there's, uh, we're going to cover two things here: RV parking and tent clamping. So, let's cover uh, RV parking first there are a number of places right in West Yellowstone to park that fifth wheel or that RV. And I cover those in the guidebook and put a list on there. And there's a number of places outside of town too. And I list all those in the guidebook and then also list a few others that aren't in the guidebook like the Baker's Hole Campground, which is over by my cabin and a few places like that. So if you're pulling an RV or a fifth wheel or driving a big motorhome up there, then I list in the guidebook all the places you guys can park those things. And then for you guys that are are really looking for This tent glamping thing. This tent glamping thing has become amazingly popular. I don't get it, but uh, all right. In the guidebook, I have covered there's two tent glamping places outside of West Yellowstone for you guys. And one of them is real nice. Some of the tents run up to $1,000 a night. I I just can't believe it, but that's what I'm actually the the truth of the matter is. And and they're just booked. And I just, you know, some of them have shared bathrooms. You got to use a bathroom down the road. And if it rains, it's all muddy and everything else. I just, but anyway, I cover those in the guidebook. However, the second tent glamping place I cover in the guidebook, and I'll tell you where it is, the name of it, and all that yada yada in the guidebook, is without question the least expensive place you can stay anywhere in and around yellowstone park i'm talking 360 degrees around the entire 3500 square miles of the entire park besides sleeping in your car you're not going to find a place cheaper anywhere sniffing yellowstone park and you know it's just got great reviews too you know and so it's it's basic as it's going to get There's a cot and some blankets and a heater and a couple Adirondack chairs sitting out front but it's less than a hundred bucks a night and it has phenomenal reviews and they are chunking these tents up as fast as they can get them up there. It's incredible. And for those of you on a budget, I list all that information in the guidebook for you guys. All right, so that kind of covers lodging and again, everything's in the guidebook, the names of everything, my top seven places in town and then some of these other ones outside of town. All right, let's jump off that and get into dining. We're gonna cover dining real quick in and around West Yellowstone and we're also gonna learn how to save some money on feeding your clan on, on your Yellowstone vacation. All right, so eating out for a family of four, three meals a day for five or six days or a week-long Yellowstone vacation, man, it can add up quick. I mean, everything is pretty expensive up there. I mean, even the McDonald's is expensive. It's almost double what you would pay at a McDonald's in your hometown or a big city or something like that. And I'm going to kind of gloss over the names of these places quickly. But just be aware that every one of these places is listed in the guidebook. We got pictures of the, what they look like out front, and this is just a quick skinny version for you guys. In the guidebook, I've got listed my three go-to places in town. My first is Wild West. Wild West Pizzeria in town has. Great pizza. I mean, we, we went to Las Vegas with the owner and a couple of his guys a couple of years ago, and they won first place for the best pizza in the United States. They've got some killer food in there. Great pizza. The macaroni and cheese is off the charts. Man, you, your macaroni and cheese topped with bacon. I mean, if there's a way to make macaroni and cheese any better is to add bacon to it. Yeah, so they, it's really good. They've got great food in Wild West, and, and they've got these deals called a mini beer. And man, I'm not a shot guy. I kind of drink Scotch, and uh, but boy, these mini beers—I don't know what's what. all those things are made out of? But man, they are good if you guys ever go into town i'll meet you guys in town I'll meet a lot of you guys in town well uh, I'll, I'll do a mini beer shot with you all right here here comes your next quick story by the way so i'm sitting there with Aaron, the guy that owns owns wild west and, and my buddy james and we were watching a football game whatever it's probably a couple of years ago and and uh, we're just sitting there mind our own business had a little pizza and we're having a couple drinks and watching football and you know up there sitting at the bar and and this guy comes over and i mean he is just blocks out the sun. He is so big. I mean, he looked like a The Rock. He looked like a championship wrestler. He comes over there and kind of walks up behind me, right behind me, and just goes, you know, taps me on the shoulder, and I kind of spin around, and I go, yeah, and uh, <laughs> you know, my butt, Aaron spins around. You know, you get a look at this guy. I mean, his his arms were as big as my legs. I mean, this guy was huge, and he goes, hey, <laughs> yeah and he goes are you Teddy Garland and I said yeah I kind of thought about it for a second I go man I've done anything really stupid in at least two or three weeks and, and uh, he goes I go yeah yeah I'm Teddy Garland he goes we thought that might be you and and uh, he goes, honey, honey, come here, come here. And Aaron and James saw, I was getting ready to get all my teeth knocked out on the bar by <laughs> this guy, which wouldn't have taken much. His wife comes over there and she goes, man, we just wanted to thank you. We have had the most fun on our Yellowstone vacation. This is the best vacation we've ever had in our lives. And I said, James and Aaron, they turn around and go, oh, great, again. <laughs> and so you guys come up to me and say hi and all that stuff <laughs> at the bars all the time. And But yeah, you guys do. We'll do one of these mini beer shots god they're good i don't know what's in those freaking things but man they're really tasty so so my next go-to bar and restaurant in town is the buffalo bar and the buffalo bar you guys can remember all the stuff's in the guidebook but the buffalo bar's got it going on the buffalo bar's really really good they got great food and everything else plus they've got a million dollars worth of mounts in there for you guys that are that are hunters I mean, there's literally over a million dollars worth of mounted heads on the walls. They got a full blown bison kicking his legs up in the air. And everybody goes takes a picture in front of this enormous bison right there in the middle of the bar. And uh, but it's really cool. And they've got a wicked outdoor patio. And they have some uh, live music out there. Wild West has the best live music in in, in the state. They've got killer live music almost every night in uh, the wild west and occasionally the buffalo bar will have it outside on their patio they've got a really nice outdoor patio out there great pick in the guidebook and then my last go-to is hanks hanks chop shops a new brand new place in town on the north end of town up there and hanks has got it going on they got great food elk steaks and elk ravioli and and really good hamburgers and all this kind of stuff and they've got a big patio they open these garage doors used to be an old uh gas station slash repair shop that another friend of mine owned from West Yellowstone and sold to two of my other friends right there in town. But yeah, you can sit out there on the patio and your kids, you're right across the street from the town park. So when you guys get in from the park and your kids are wearing you out all day, they can go in the town park and play with all the other kids over there on all the playground stuff and everything else. You've got basketball courts and tennis courts and there's kids out there playing baseball and throwing Frisbees and all this stuff. You guys can sit out there and have a glass of wine and a cold beer and watch your kids play out across the street and wait for your food to come then round them up bring them over there and have dinner and take a break for a little while. So, yeah, Hank's has got it going on. And all these places, you guys, all these, my go-to places, Wild West, Buffalo Bar, and Hank's Chop Shop, they're all owned by locals. Almost all of the restaurants in West Yellowstone, especially the ones I listed in the guidebook, are all owned by locals. They've lived there their whole lives. And some of these... uh, places are generational. West Yellowstone locals that have been there, their families have been there since the turn of the century. You know, that used to be the same thing down in Jackson Hole, but it's not anymore. All the stuff in Jackson Hole is all owned by by big corporations and and big investors own all the restaurants and all that kind of stuff. In West Yellowstone, every restaurant is owned by a local. And, and And it shows, they care about your meal. They Care about your service and uh, their livelihood depends on you guys having a good time and a good meal. And we've got some new big updates in the guidebook as well. And the two highlights of those updates are the Smoke Jumper Cafe, which used to be out at the airport. They're renovating the airport now. So James moved the Smoke Jumper Cafe into town in a really cool food truck and they've got picnic tables out there games the kids can play and all this yada yada and he still serves the same menu because he had this food truck personally designed to kind of match what he had at the airport and then there's a new place in town that opened up in the school gymnasium of all the places in town that i recommend or book, this place is huge you walk in order your own food and then they bring bring your food to you, you don't have to wait on a waiter or anything like that and those are 2024 updates. And you guys got to remember, the other things that are in the guidebook are you know coffee shops, places you can go get a burrito on your way into the park. I tell you how you guys can get some food to go at a bunch of places. Take it back to your room, heat it up in the morning in a, in a uh, microwave or something. Get into the park at 6 o'clock in the morning like I preached you guys the cows come home. All of those tips to save money on food and time are all in the guidebook. All right, let's cover some places that are just a short drive outside of the town of West Yellowstone. And my first go-to is the Happy Hour Bar over on Lake Hebgen. And the Happy Hour is just an absolute ball, you guys. It is great with great sunset views across Lake Hebgen. And what happens is when somebody gets tipped inside is they pull this big freaking air horn, and I mean it's a blown up air air horn, like off a train. And I mean everybody just is sitting out there relaxed, watching the sunset, and this train horn goes off, and I mean that a couple drinks fly in the air, and everybody goes, "What in the hell was that?" And all this, well that. One of the white staff inside got tipped And they pulled that air horn And it's called getting honked So the happy hour is great I go there once a week at least I mean they got a killer french dip I'm all about that and then right down the road, uh, in between the lakes, and I was to mention this earlier, the Campfire Lodge, is uh, they've got a, the best breakfast west of the Mississippi. And I'm not kidding you a bit. It is absolutely top notch. It's the best breakfast west of the Mississippi. And William Devane of Knott's Landing Fane is, is always in there. And uh, I think he might be a part owner. And uh, he's up been up there for decades. And this is his little place to go fly fishing and all that. And stays in one of the little log cabins right over there in the whole nine yards. But the Campfire Lodge, is good make a reservation before you guys go out there call them on the phone and the phone numbers in the guidebook and you can uh, call them they'll kind of give you a seating time like it's eight o'clock or nine o'clock or ten o'clock or whatever because in the summer months they get packed you might drive all the way out there and not be able to get in so make a reservation first and when you make that reservation order a couple cinnamon rolls these cinnamon rolls are as big as a nerf football man they are Killer They are good Get you a couple cinnamon rolls When you guys go out to the campfire lodge for breakfast So The last but not least on that road Kind of heading north and then west A little bit out of West Yellowstone Is the Grizzly Bar And the Grizzly Bar Has gone through a, quite a number of changes over the years So I'm going to kind of give you guys a quick rundown Of the Grizzly Bar real quick And this crazy Joe Sturdeman That was good friends with my dad So here's the story about the, uh, the Grizzly Bar All right, back when I was a little kid, the Grizzly Bar used to be really, really small. I mean, it was about 15 feet by about 10 feet with about three bar stools and a bar. That's all it was. You kind of could see the old... Would if you're driving by on the highway where the old place used to be? And so what we would do is we would go fish the Madison every day. My dad loved to go fish the Madison. We'd go fish the Madison two or three days a week. I was a little kid. I was you know seven or eight years old. We'd go fish the Madison all the time. And then what we would do is when we got off the river, we would stop at the Grizzly Bar right there. We would go in, and my dad go in, and Crazy Joe sturdeman's in there about half drunk and everything else. And you know I'm a little kid, and they're in there having beers and drinks and all this stuff. And my dad would. Crazy Joe Sturdivant with trout. Some give him how many? You know, hey, Lee, how many trout you catch today? And and uh, you know, I sure, like about those that were good the other day. And he Dad would pay him with you know three or four trout and then give him some money. And this place was just a shack. I mean, you could throw a cat through any wall in the whole place. I mean, it was just run down. And I go, hey man, you guys got anything, you got anything to eat? You know, i was just I've been out there fighting that water all day. I was a little kid, just worn slick. And he goes i don't know look at the refrigerator and he had one of these old janky tiny refrigerators with a latch on the front of it and you'd pull the latch up open it up there'd be like a half-eaten ham sandwich in there and a old deal of milk and a glass bottle and a piece of ham sitting over there in the corner it's like wow i guess i'm gonna just stay hungry till i get home and mom can get me something to eat and uh i go man is that it and he goes Oh, you got to, you know, he'd get all pissed off at you and he'd go over there and he'd cut off some of that ham and he'd pull a loaf of bread off the top of that refrigerator and he goes, Go find you some mustard or something somewhere. So I'd make a freaking ham sandwich out of whatever he had and, and try to get something to eat. Man, I'm just starving to death, you know, and all everybody else up there drinking and shooting the bowl about fishing all day. But that that place, Crazy Joe Sturdivant dies, and some people from Bozeman bought it, and it got really, really, really swanky. They they turned it into this high end restaurant. The prices went up. The quality just went down and down and down and down and down. And they served you know obviously you know, dinners and all that stuff instead of Crazy Joe Sturdivant. But it just it just got they got too full of themselves. And it just kind of went down the tubes for about 10 or 20 years. And then finally, a couple from West Yellowstone took it over. Some old locals from West Yellowstone took it over. And it is absolutely top-notch now. They have great seafood selections and, and steaks, and it's got great reviews online and everything else. But it's difficult to get in and it's difficult to make a reservation. <laughs> it's kind of quirky. And I list all that information for you guys, how you can go pay the Grizzly Bar a visit in the guidebook and give you the phone number and everything else. So yeah, and it's, it's kind of quirky. It's not like you can do it online or just, just show up out there because you're not going to be able to get in. But I put all the information, how to visit the Grizzly Bar for you guys in the guidebook. All right, if you guys will go, if you'll leave West Yellowstone and just go straight north like you're heading to Big Sky, there's a couple really good places up there, too. And the first is the 320 Ranch, and the 320 Ranch is kind of like the Ponderosa, this huge spread and everything else. But in the guidebook, they've got a deal that we call the trifecta. And if you guys look it all up, you can get there about noon, and you go horseback riding, catch trout, then you have dinner, and I kind of explain all that in the guidebook. But that has been a very, very popular for with people with families that uh, don't want to have to worry about getting a license to catch trout and everything else. But all that information in the guidebook. A few more miles up the road is the whimsical Corral Bar. There's a lot of locals come down from Big Sky to go to the Corral Bar. And we'll stop in there after we play golf every now and then once a week. Go to the Corral, and you can sit there and dine with a big elk or a moose or a bison head right over your table. I mean, you got to bend down and look underneath the, the moose beard to see who you're talking to and stuff. It's really cool, and they've got a note on the pool table over there. that unaccompanied kids that uh, screw around on the pool table will be sold into slaves. So I always thought that was kind of interesting So, And then uh, right across the street From uh, the corral Is this place called the Rainbow Ranch Lodge and supposedly it is the only five star restaurant in the entire state of Montana. I mean it's so good I never go there. I've been there once in my whole life and and I kind of would rather go to the corral and hang out with a bunch of locals and get drunk. So, I've never gone to the Rainbow Ranch but if you guys are want to go to a nice quiet dinner then the Rainbow Ranch probably for you. And then last but not least north of West Yellowstone it's about 30 miles is the River House and the River House Opens at three o'clock every day. It is not open for lunch and it's a barbecue place. It's really, really cool. They've got outdoor concerts in the summertime, huge outdoor patio with swings on an outdoor bar and everything else. River House is a great place to. We'll stop at the River House or the Corral on the way back from playing golf at Big Sky all the time. So the River House has got it going on. It's really, really nice. And when you're coming back from these spots, again, you come back through the western edge of Yellowstone Park, the, the animals come out in droves in the Evenings, there's a lot of bears up there. Lots of grizzly bears up there. There's big cinnamon grizzly bear that hangs out in, this, in that area, the park right there. She, we saw her for five weeks in a row coming back from playing golf there for a while a couple of years ago. And moose come out at dusk and all that stuff. So if you guys go up there to the 320, the Corral, Rainbow Ranch, or the River House, or the Big Sky area, you're about 10 miles from the Big Sky area from the River House, and they got a plethora of restaurants and top-notch hotels. You can go dine at and all that stuff. I'm going to get into the Big Sky stuff and the Big Sky chapter in the guidebook. I'll cover all of that in the Big Sky chapter in the guidebook. My go-to restaurants and everything up there. We're not So I'm not going to get into them here. But, you know, on the way back, when you guys come back out through Yellowstone Park to get back to West Yellowstone, I mean, the animals are just out in droves. There's moose and, and grizzly bears and all this stuff hanging out through there. It's really, really cool. It's a great time in the evening and a great place in Yellowstone Park to see bears and moose. And uh, on the way back to West Yellowstone cuz you slide back through Yellowstone Park right through there so All right, so that kind of covers everywhere that's north of West Yellowstone. If you go out of Highway 20, which actually goes west and then south out of town on Highway 20, uh, you'll come to three really cool places, and one of them is absolutely top-notch, and it's on the 1,000 places to see before you die list. So when you head out of West Yellowstone, you'll go back into the Island Park area that we discussed earlier, and right there across from the... Max in Marriott that we discussed earlier is Cafe Sabor. And Cafe Sabor is a fairly new place. They just redid that whole building and they've got plenty of seating, a huge outdoor patio right on the, ri- the edge of the river right there, the Henry's Fork. And They've got excellent Mexican food, killer margaritas and ice cold beers and all that stuff and I mean they got really really good food. You know, but for some somehow some way, you know, they have figured out a way to screw up a, an order of fajitas. The only Mexican restaurant in the entire United States that is Figured out a way to jones up an order of fajitas, but everything else is just absolutely off the charts good. It's really, really good, and it's got a great view of the river out there. It's really, really pretty there as well. And then on down the road, about 10 more miles, and you'll come to the Henry's Fork, and the Henry's Fork Lodge is uh, listed on the 1,000 places to see before you die. And uh, it's beautiful. I've been going to the Henry's Fork. I've been there about 20 or 25 years. They cater to a very high-end clientele That likes to stay there and then get guided uh, fishing on the Henry's Fork or over on the Madison, and then they come back in and they have their dinner prepared for them and all that kind of stuff. Dining area, which is just absolutely gorgeous, is very small, so they can't seat a lot of people, so you got to get a reservation well in advance. They got an outdoor patio out there. There's a picture in the guidebook of the outdoor patio. You can sit out there and have a drink before or after dinner, and the Henry's Fork going by in this canyon, and it is really beautiful. It is absolutely off the charts. The place is very expensive. Not gonna lie to you, so it's not a place to take kids by any stretch of the imaginations, but if you wanna splurge on your one big night dinner with your girlfriend or your wife, this is the place to go. It's absolutely off the charts. Uh, my last but not least, uh, old time favorite back is the Elk Lake Camp, which is back up the road, and you kind of circumnavigate around Lake Henry's between Lake Henry's and Sawtill Peak, and then you go over Red Rock Pass, which leads you to the Red Rock bird refuge and the red rock lakes once you get over red rock pass and it is an absolutely beautiful area back there. there's a lot of people that fly into the west yellowstone airport simply to go to the red rock lakes and birdwatch. it is one of the biggest bird watching areas on planet earth and you'll see people back there these big binoculars looking at all these crazy birds and just when you're driving down the road to get elk lake camp it's uh you can kind of see all these birds and like what was that you know you flew by in your car and all that kind of stuff but there's some great pictures in the guidebook about Elk Lake Camp, and uh, it's just a beautiful area you guys are sitting there dining in. So, Laurel and Jake are friends of ours. So will be on your best behavior if you go out there. And last but not least, of all the places to go eat in and around West Yellowstone, is to simply go back into the park because you're so close to everything. On the way back into the park, say if you go back in the park at 5.30 or 6, there might be 10,000 cars coming out, but hardly anybody's going into the park at 5.30 or 6 o'clock. And you could be at Old Faithful in 30 minutes go in there and dine at the Old Faithful Inn and then grab a drink at the Bear Pit Bar and go up on the upper platform out there and watch Old Faithful go off and walk around the geyser basin for a little while and then drive back out. And then it's the same thing on the way out in Yellowstone Park. The animals come out in droves in the evenings. They hide in the trees in the sh- to stay cool during the day when it's hot The July and August. They're all hidden in the trees and stuff. But in the evenings, they all come out. On the way back to West Yellowstone, you got another great chance to see a lot of bears and animals and stuff. Alright, so that's a quick gloss over of all the places that are listed in the guidebook for you guys to go dine in and around west yellowstone so let's gloss over some of the stuff that's in the guidebook how you guys can even save more money by cooking in your cabin and stuff like that because groceries in west yellowstone are very expensive and you guys gotta remember i'm no different than you guys and i want to save money when i'm up there in yellowstone park and i'm gonna tell you guys how to do that in the guidebook so you guys can save money just like I do. And I promise you, all the dads in the car's uh, ears just perked up a little bit. So, uh, yeah, yeah, whipping that wallet out three times a day for a family of four on a vacation is, is very expensive. And I have figured out ways to get around all of that stuff, to get around those high grocery prices and everything else. So... But in the guidebook, I tell you guys how you guys can buy groceries at, at the same price basically you pay for them at home. And obviously, it's not in the little town of West Yellowstone. But I tell you, where you can go, get a really good deal on groceries, and then bringing them with you. However, if you guys are only staying two or three days, you don't want to buy a whole bunch of groceries because you're just going to end up throwing them away. And uh, Lisa and I have figured a, a way around that as well. All of that's in the guidebook, so you guys don't have to waste food. You know, there's no reason to buy cheap groceries and end up having to throw half of them away. So, uh, Lisa and I have figured out a way to get around that as well. And all of that stuff's in the guidebook for you guys so and when you combine everything together like in the guidebook i tell you the the airports you guys can fly into to save a ton of money on flights and then the the lodging options can save you up you know thousands of dollars like i told you and then these food options i mean you're saving thousands of dollars on your yellowstone vacation simply by buying a guidebook and you can buy a guidebook for only 12 bucks so anyway let's get into the entertainment options and the fun things to do in and around west yellowstone all right. West Yellowstone's a fun little town, man. It's a, really a ball. We kind of went over the live entertainment at all the uh, bars and restaurants in town. And there's a, something going on every single night at one of those places. And uh, But also when you walk in a bar or a restaurant in West Yellowstone, you're going to notice something real quickly that there are gambling machines everywhere. And gambling is legal in the state of Montana, just like it is in Nevada for Las Vegas and everything else. They have machines and everything, and occasionally we'll have live poker where we got a dealer and guys around playing cards and all that stuff as well. But yeah, you'll figure out that legal gambling is real quick, and you'll see people over playing those keno machines and winning five, six, seven hundred bucks all the time. And all right, the next thing that is you will notice when you come into West Yellowstone is all the fly fishing shops. There are more fly fishing shops in West Yellowstone than there are restaurants. West Yellowstone is the fly fishing capital of the world. And I'm not I'm not woofing you a bit, man. It is the place to come for fly fishing. Worldwide. I mean, I have flown up to West Yellowstone, and I was the only American on a plane coming in on Delta, and the rest of the plane was filled with drunk Russians. i It just browbeating me about fishing on the Madison. West Yellowstone is the fly fishing capital of the world. You know, Yvonne Chouinard is, is just a fixture in West Yellowstone in late September and early October to go fly fishing when the big browns kind of work their way up out of Lake and back into Yellowstone Park. And you'll see all these movie stars come down from the Yellowstone Club up in Big Sky, and, and uh, you can't sit down in a bar in the late September and early October and not see somebody that you've seen in a movie or a big sports star you've seen on TV. And uh, they're all just in West Yellowstone to you know go fly fishing. It's really cool. It's really, really neat. Uh, I'll tell you a couple quick stories about fly fishing. About some years ago, GQ magazine listed the top 10 jobs to have in the United States and holding the number one spot was owning a fly shop in West Yellowstone, Montana. <laughs> you got to think about it. They interviewed the guy that owns Blue Ribbon Flies on the north end of town, which is a world-famous fly shop, and they interviewed the guy, and he goes, you know, man, I own a fly shop in West Yellowstone. When I'm out working, I'm fishing, and I'm only working about seven or eight months out of the year. I mean, what's not to like? I mean, so, yeah, the number one job in the United States is own a fly shop in West Yellowstone, so... And if you guys don't know what you're doing, you've never picked up a fly rod in your life, just don't worry about it. Just walk into any of the fly shops in town, and I I list my favorites in town, and they built this brand new, for the new season of 2024, the Bob Jacklin Casting Pond behind the Yellowstone Museum over there. And they'll take you out there to the casting pond for free and teach you how to cast a fly rod back there. And you can catch some trout real quick, and to see if you like it. And then if you like it, you'll book a trip with those guys, but it's a really cool way to learn how to fly fish without going. Let me tell you guys a quick story about how good the fly fishing is in and around West Yellowstone. This buddy of mine from right here in Oklahoma City, Doug Toole, he's a PGA Pro golfer. Well, he gives me a call one day. and hey, Teddy, we're going to go up to Yellowstone. And, you know, who should we get as a guide and all this? So I've listed all the best guides and the best places to go in town in the guidebook. And he booked a trip, and he had never picked up a fly rod in his life. And he caught 72 fish fishing the Madison one day. And his wife caught about 50-something. He said it was the most fun he he and his wife had ever had in their entire lives was fly fishing that day. And he called me and he got home, sent me all the pictures and everything. Just had an absolute ball, and he had never touched a fly rod in his life. So if you guys want to try out fly fishing, you have just stepped into the place on planet Earth where it is a way of life like no other area in the world in West Yellowstone, Montana. I'll tell you one more quick, funny fly fishing story. Bob Jacklin, the guy we just talked about, was fishing a catch and release video about 15, 20 years ago, down at the base of Lake Hebgen, right below the dam, is a great place to go fly fishing down there, and he, on the first cast, there's all these cameras, and everybody's out there, and he's going to catch a trout, and then show you how to properly catch and release it, well, he launches and catches this monster trout, about a 14 or 15 pound trout, the biggest trout he's ever caught in his life on the Madison River, he picks that trout up and goes, boys, you can turn those cameras off right now, because I'm keeping this MF. <laughs> it went through town like wildfire, but uh, yeah, that was really funny. You know, today you can just take a picture of it and they, you know, you can get a trout mounted if you want to, but back then you had to actually send the trout in and all that stuff, but uh, that's a really funny story. So, and also in the town of West Yellowstone, they've got a place like if for anybody that's in Yellowstone Park, cause a lot of people come to Yellowstone Park to see a bear, but they come in July and August when they're kind of hiding in the trees during the day. And you promised your little girl that she was going to see a bear in Yellowstone Park. she's going to see Yogi. In West Yellowstone, they've got a place I guarantee you can see a bear. And in the guidebook, I list the name of this place. And it's guaranteed to see a really cool bear and wolves up close and personal and birds of prey and ospreys and bald eagles and all that stuff. Yeah, this place has really got it going on. And I list that place for you in the guidebook. For those of you that got shut out and your kid hates you and your wife's mad at you, you are going to be a hero. And also in the little town of West Yellowstone, they have a true IMAX theater that shows a great movie of Yellowstone Park, and it dates back to the Indians in there, and then it gets really, really cool, and the screen is one of the few true IMAX screens in the United States. There's big movie screens, but there's very few, few curved and convex IMAX movie screens in the United States but there's one right there in West Yellowstone and in the evenings they show first run movies and stuff like that. It is a killer deal I mean the seats are real steep going up there and the screen's curved I and mean, we watch that Yellowstone deal you kind of go over the falls, it shows you kind of going over the falls. I mean your stomach drops. It, it's really really cool. So, And then also in a little tiny town of West Yellowstone we've got a place called the Playmill Theater where they have live plays. These young kids from Salt Lake City come up or wherever they're from all over the place and they put on these live plays they put on three live plays a summer and I know what you guys are thinking it's going to be corny it's going to be stupid on this I'm telling you I have not missed a single show in 50 years. It is so fun. You walk out of there and you're laughing so hard your sides hurt the next morning. It's it's really, really, really a lot of fun. It's a ball. And uh, another thing they've got right outside of town is a rodeo. Every night they have a nightly rodeo about four miles west of town on Highway 20, right across from Diamond Peas and uh, horseback rentals right there. And these these are real live cowboys and cowgirls and all this stuff. They have Bull riding and roping and all this stuff, and they put it on every single night. And at the end of the year, whoever's the the cowboy who wins all the prize, my buddy Aaron that owns Wild West gives him a big check about the size of a surfboard. And I mean, it's really, really well done. Another fun thing you can do right outside of town is go play golf. For any of you guys that are like golfers like myself, we go play golf once or twice a week when we're up there. And you guys can get out of the park early like I preach to you guys. And you can be playing golf in 20 minutes after you drive through the gate of Yellowstone Park. You can drop the wife and kids off to go shopping and do whatever. And and then you can go run over to the Island Park Golf Course. It's a little nine hole executive track over there. Things been over there since I was a kid. It's really Good shape, really well done. You can go play the thing for twenty bucks. Club rentals and the whole nine yards, and you can be playing golf and literally teeing it up in twenty minutes after you drove through the gate of Yellowstone Park. And if you want to play a really good course, a serious eighteen-hole course, you can go up to Big Sky and play an Arnold Palmer Gore course up there, and it's about a forty-five-minute drive from West Yellowstone, north up towards Big Sky. And I got an entire chapter of Big Sky in the in the guidebook, and there's a ton of stuff to do. About. There, you can spend the entire day up in Big Sky. The guys can go play 18 holes of golf on a killer golf course, just show up. Club rentals are there, the whole nine yards, and the girls can go have a spa day. But I cover everything to do in Big Sky and, of course, in the Big Sky chapter in the guidebook for you guys. I'll tell you another fun thing to do around West Yellowstone is to go kayaking and boating. There's a couple great places to go boating. If you look in the guidebook, you're going to see a picture of this girl holding up this trout. I mean, it is just enormous. She broke my record when I was 14 years old. I kind of illegally caught this huge trout on Lake Henry's with my idiot cousin, Freddy. And I tell that really funny story in my story podcast, so listen to that there. But anyway, Lake Henry's is a world-class trout lake. And I mean, people come from all over the world to Fish Lake Henry's, and never even sniff going into Yellowstone Park. So and also in the guidebook, I list a place where you guys can just show up and get in a big boat or a bunch of inner tubes. And they'll take you to the top of the river and then launch you and then pick you up at the finish. And that's a really fun deal. Gorgeous, beautiful place. There's a couple moose that hang out along through there, and you're paddling your SUP right by a moose standing in the water looking at you like you're crazy. There's a great picture of Lisa doing just that in the guidebook. And then you can also go over to a gorgeous high mountain lake we have listed in the guidebook. And you can paddle a kayak or an SUP across water that is so crystal clear and this aquamarine color that I've only seen in the Caribbean. And it looks like they're floating in midair. It's incredible. And in the guidebook, I tell you where you can, you know, get all the stuff picked up to go kayak out there. All you got to do is show up, and everything else. Give you all the information about where to pick up all that stuff, and go out there and have a ball kayaking on a lake that is just pristinely clear and there's bald eagles flying in the air everywhere and everything else it's really really got it going on and then also back up in that big sky area we're talking about the big sky area a second ago that's where you go whitewater rafting the whitewater rafting and stuff down in front of the tetons and all that kind of stuff sucks but the whitewater rafting up at the big sky area basically that starts right there at the big sky turnoff and heads north towards bozeman there are 30 or 40 named rapids in about a fifteen mile section of river. And it starts about May 15th, the whitewater rafting season ends about the first week in July. And I put in the names of the best uh companies to go with in the guidebook. But whitewater rafting in for the spring months up there is off the charts. I mean that is one of the top places to go whitewater rafting in the world. It is beyond belief. I mean it's just rapid after rapid after rapid after rapid. It is a ball. My next favorite thing to do is go mountain biking. And and uh, you know, I cover all the places to ride a mountain bike down in the Grand Tetons or road bike in, in Yellowstone and Grand Teton in the guidebook. But right outside of West Yellowstone, there are some absolutely great trails to fit anybody's skill level or physical level or anything else. And i tell you where you can rip bikes right there in West Yellowstone. And I had to go right on the CDT trail, which is a beautiful wildflower strewn trail. And I've got about four or five trails Trails listed in the guidebook for you guys to go use and I don't care if you got a kid on training wheels they've got a bike right there in town you guys can rent and in the guidebook in the mountain biking chapter I put all the maps and everything in there so you guys know where you're going and you can see the trails on maps for all these trails and and uh, that way you guys can uh, don't have to worry about buying a map or anything else it's all in the guidebook for you guys Another thing that's in the guidebook for you guys that has become amazingly popular is to go ride four-wheelers and side-by-side units, and West Yellowstone is geared up for that. And I put all the dates when the trails open in West Yellowstone, and and before those dates where you should go rent your machines, but but yeah, riding four-wheelers and side-by-sides has become amazingly popular in the area, and I've got all that information for you guys how to do that in the guidebook. But just to kind of tempt you guys a little bit, these trails that are right outside of West Yellowstone on Two Top and Lion's Head have been called the best trails in North America, and I'm not kidding a bit. And for those of you that buy a guidebook, you get access to that private YouTube page by scanning that QR code back in the guidebook, and we have shot a video of riding on these two-track trails Outside of West Yellowstone on those best trails in North America because it's easy to get lost. But we've got a stop by stop instructional video in the back of the guidebook so everybody can download that to your phone and you will take off on these trails, have a great time, and not get lost. All right, so last but not least, I am going to cover the West Yellowstone Museum. And the West Yellowstone Museum is flat ass, got it going on. And inside that museum, you're going to find an enormous stuffed bear in there named Snaggletooth the Bear. He is what, at one point in time, was the most famous bear in the world. And boy, do I have a great Snaggletooth the Bear story. This is, I've been told by a lot of people that listen to my podcasts, is the absolute funniest podcast i have ever recorded and uh, everybody goes in the museum just to see snaggletooth so (laughs) here goes the story of snaggletooth bear in the great west yellowstone museum And you guys got to remember, feeding bears in Yellowstone Park was legal for well over 100 years in the park. I mean, up until the mid-1970s when I was back in high school, you could feed a bear anywhere in Yellowstone Park. I mean, my mom would pick up a loaf of bread at one of the grocery stores every day we went to the park just to feed the bears. And uh, they, they finally put an end to all that. But up in when I was a kid, all this was completely legal. And then they had dumps set up in the park and outside the park. And these bears would congregate in those dumps, especially in the evenings. And people would pull up at the edge of the dump and line up like you're watching a drive-in movie theater. Everybody turned their headlights on so you could watch the bears out there. My Uncle Jack gets everybody in camp over there at Lake Henry. It's 15 miles outside of West Yellowstone. It's kind of where I grew up as a kid. You know, he gets all the kids gathered up. All right, kids, we're going to go to the dump. We're taking our new Vista Cruiser. My Aunt Rosalind had gotten this new Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser station wagon. It had a little glass moonroof on it and everything else, and it was green with wood panel looking exactly like the, the one in, in the Chevy Chase and Vacation. It looked almost exactly like that, that stupid one in that movie, but it was really similar looking. And But she was so proud of that thing. I think it still had paper plates on the thing. It didn't even have a license tags on it yet. And uh, so Jack goes, we're going to take all the kids in the Vista Cruiser and take an after." and we're going to go watch go to the dump and all these kids how i know some of them we dogpile about a dozen little kids in that in that vista cruiser and they're just on top of each other in the back of this vista cruiser and they're all just geared up to go to the dump and look at grizzly bears So we drive out there from Henry's and pull up the dump. The dump used to be on the north side of town, up between the town and the airport over there. We pulled up to the dump, and sure enough, there's about, you know, five or eight, ten other cars out there already. And pull up, park, put your headlights on. So we're out there kind of watching the bears and everybody, you know, just climbing all over, sticking their heads out the window to see these bears. You know, there's just kids just packed in this Vista Cruiser. And so we're about 30 feet away from Snaggletooth. He's out there, and my Uncle Jack goes, Oh my god kids look It's Snaggletooth The most famous bear in the world There he is And sure enough They're just big big, big grizzly bear and he had this one tooth that stuck out of the left side of his mouth straight sideways, hence the name Snaggletooth. I mean, he legitimately had this tooth that stuck out sideways and so, you know, he's out there there he is, kids, it's Snaggletooth look at him, he's killed people all over the place they're just, you can see the blood on his muzzle and all this kind of stuff, he's just, you know, making all this crap up but, you know, the kids are back there just Dead quiet, you know, eyes as big as silver (laughs) dollars. You know, I don't even know who the half these kids were in the car. They just came from campus. We're all gonna go to the dump and look at bears. So my cousin Freddie, I'm sitting next to my cousin Freddie, and he goes, watch this. He gets out of the car, Uncle Jack goes, God dang it, Freddie, what are you doing? And I you know, I'm about ten. Freddie's probably about fourteen. He takes a Baby Ruth candy bar wrapper and he sticks it up on the hood of right Rosalind's Vista Cruiser out there by the Osmobile emblem right here in the front of the car. And he comes running back, God and Freddie, God dang it, Freddie! What's what are you doing? He goes, I want to get see if I can get Snaggletooth over here, and well, sure enough, here, here comes old Snaggletooth, coming right up to the car, man. There's twenty bears out there—black bears, grizzly bears, everything else. Well, Snaggletooth is right out there. He smells that chocolate or whatever, and he comes bebopping over there. Oh my God, Snaggletooth's coming to get us. And I mean, about three or four of these little girls in the back scream, I want my mommy. Now, this bear comes over there, and he's, he's sniffing around. You can see him sniffing around for that can, damn candy bar. He puts his front paws up, and his paws are as big as basketballs, man. They're that big around, about six inch claws. Wait till you see him in that museum. He puts his hands. Down on that Vista cruiser on the front end of it, looking but, so you can pick his head up and look for that damn candy bar. And I mean, just crushes in the front of that car. <laughs> and, and, and the back end of the car almost comes up off the ground. You know, just and uh, well, you know, he's he's trying to reach up there with his mouth, and that's That stupid tooth Keeps getting up on that Osmobile emblem And he keeps knocking that candy bar Closer to the windshield You know, and then he he backs up And he gets a little running start And just crushes in the front of that car. <laughs> this car's like two or three weeks old. And my friend Ross was so proud of this Vista Cruiser. And I mean, he keeps reaching up with his claws trying to get a hold of that candy bar. And Uncle Jack's going, oh my god, Snaggles on the car! And uh, <laughs> car's just shaking man that bear's big just <laughs> he reaches, up, reaches up trying to get it by this time that candy bar's almost up by the windshield wipers and he's reaching up there and just just claws down the front of that car just into the paint. You know, just, just deep grooves of the paint and the paint's all peeling on the cud's all sticking up in the corners. He reaches up and get one of his paws caught on in the lip there between the window and the deal. Tries to pull himself up to get that car. The kids are crying in the back. I want my mommy. Jack's going, calm down, kids. <laughs> just, <laughs> it just was so funny. My cousin Freddie's just dying laughing. You know, I said like just everybody's just eyes were big, that bear's right there. I mean his head's about as big around as a basketball goal. Right there. Well, you know, when he reaches back, and he almost pulls the, the hood hinge off. I mean, the of those cars demolished, man. You know, he, he finally gets that. He's trying to get that candy bar in his mouth. And he finally gets that. He should have tried to grab it, and that damn dude's it on the hook of the car. He couldn't get to it. And so he finally gets that damn candy bar in his mouth. And it slides off the hood, you know, the back end of the car goes, Brow! you know, it wasn't off the grid or anything else, but it was up in the air, you know. Then it gets would, 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 the car levels up and starts Brow! shaking a little bit, you know, and then he kind of just lumbers off <laughs> with all the other the the, the whole, you can hear the fan mouth running and hitting the front of the hood where the, where the fans in the hood because <laughs> they crushed in the hood on top of the motor. And I mean, the whole thing's just a wreck. And I mean, we had to stop at a hardware store somewhere, or the grocery store, buy a bunch of bungee cords and duct tape, keep the hood from flying over the back of the car going 55 miles an hour down the highway back to Lake Henry's. We got back to Lake Henry's, and my aunt Roslyn threw a shit fit. And all these kids, you know, Jack's going, kids, yeah, don't tell your mom and dad. <laughs> it was all under control, and <laughs> all this stuff. And uh, you know, all these parents are coming up. These kids were just their tears were running down their eyes. They're just you know scarred for life by snagging the car. <laughs> the car thinking going to eat them alive. And, and the other parents come out, God dang it, Uncle Jack, what's going on? My kid's scared to death. <laughs> There's a little five-year-old girl just bawling her eyes out. <laughs> oh, my God. It was so funny. And I had forgot that damn snail tooth was in that museum because I hadn't been in so long, but... Lisa and I went in there about five or six years ago on a rainy day or something. She had never seen any of that stuff, so I took her in there. And I go, oh, my God, they're snaggled tooth. He's stuffed. He's standing up vertical. Man, he's about eight and a half feet tall. It's huge. And, uh, yeah, they're in that tooth all sticking out sideways. Man, it's just, I go, I got a great story about that bear. And I was telling the story just laughing my head. Oh my god That was so funny That, that car was just torn to shit See, <laughs> oh. so you guys can go in there and see Snaggletooth In that museum and see a bunch of other cool stuff It is just so funny But yeah there he is He's in that ceiling He didn't get that candy word in his mouth because like, <laughs> That damn tooth kept dragging on the car <laughs> Oh my God. Okay, sorry. I'll stop. I'll promise I'll stop. So anyway, so all right, so that that's about it. There's a there's tons of stuff to do in the little town of West Yellowstone. And hopefully I gave you guys some money-saving lodging options. And and remember, just the lodging in general is about half of what it is in Jackson Hole, even if you stay right in town. It's still still it gets to be expensive, but versus you know, a thousand dollars a night average for a hotel room in Jackson Hole. About four or five hundred, so it's still expensive, but half. But you can stay in the outer areas I told you about for a lot, lot less money. So, and still have that easy access to West Yellowstone, Yellowstone Parks. So. <laughs> oh I just can't remember like it was yesterday. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Jesus, crying, alleys. All right, sorry, man. I can't stop laughing. <laughs> <laughs> why you guys are in there checking out snaggletooth <laughs> there's some really cool stuff in there but the other really cool thing they've got in that museum is a uh, kind of a loop video man man alive of the fires of 88 and uh, i was up there when those fires of 88 happened and uh but they've got a loop video so you guys can see how bad that really was i mean there were we didn't see the sun for a couple of weeks and it, it was unbelievable and uh i mean Pine trees were just, it was so hot and so dry. I mean, a a fire would come to a pine tree that would be 80 feet tall. It would just blow up like a bomb went off in two or three seconds from bottom all the way to the top. Just, it was unreal. That that fire of 88 was unbelievable. And you guys got to remember, they put the, uh, they didn't put any of the fires out. They let them go burn naturally. The only fire they put out was around the Old Faithful Inn. And that fire was started by a disgruntled park employee over there on the Grassy Lake, Marysville, Flag Ranch Road uh, on the south edge of the park. And he went over there, he's pissed off or something else. And he's, you know the fires were already raging everywhere. And he started a fire along that road and that went straight for the Old Faithful area and the Old Faithful Inn. And that is the only place they put the fire out and they let it burn around the Old Faithful Inn, the iconic Old Faithful Inn, and then let it burn naturally out the rest of the way. The park was hundreds of years overdue for a a big burn and they kind of let it go naturally which is really cool and park was really it really helped the park out it really opened a bunch of view view lines up and everything else the next year it was really really a cool deal but uh yeah there's some cool stuff in that museum but yeah old snaggletooths in there and uh then (laughs) then you got the the fires it's worth seeing if you guys got a rainy day or if you've been in the park a bunch of times and you've seen everything else to see go to the museum you will not be disappointed so and last but not least, I kind of forgot to put in some stuff about horseback riding. But I got a whole chapter in the guidebook about horseback riding. And uh, horseback riding in the park sucks. It's just nose to tail through the trees. You can't see anything. But right outside of town at Diamond P, and then there's a couple places up towards Big Sky, one on the north side of West Yellowstone. There's some great places to go horseback riding right there. And you get up on these peaks, and they'll bring you a. Uh, picnic lunch you get a picnic lunch up there and everything else you can see the yellowstone caldera the teton range off in the distance and you can book a tour just for your group or your family uh, to go up and go for a two-hour ride or a four-hour ride whatever you guys want and you know versus riding in the park you're going to be with you know, 60 or 80 horses just in a line it's just nose to tail and everybody from the fourth or fifth horseback is just getting Dust it out. It's just don't don't do horseback riding in the park. Do do horseback riding outside of the park. And I cover all the great places to do that in the guidebook. And then we added a chapter in the guidebook. We're talking about entertainment, you know, things in West Yellowstone is a winter chapter in West Yellowstone. And we cover all the stuff in the park to do. But we cover the places, the best places to rent a snowmobile from. If you want to rent a snowmobile from local families that have been doing it for decades and they do it really, really, really well. And then they can also get you on a snowmobile to the trails where you ride four-wheelers in the summer, you ride snowmobiles in the winter. And there are just some top-notch trails out through there. I mean, they're they're the best four-wheeler trails in the North America. And, you know, in the wintertime, like I said, in the summertime, West Yellowstone's the fly fishing capital of the world. In the wintertime, West Yellowstone is the snowmobile capital of the world. They ship in snowmobiles by the hundreds and thousands every starting about mid to late September and October to get ready for the winter season of snowmobiling in West Yellowstone. It's unreal. I mean, and snowmobiling's great. Everybody thinks it's going to be ice cold, but not. The seats are heated. The handlebars are heated. They give you these big suits and heated helmets and everything else. You almost get hot riding a snowmobile. But you go outside the park. Everybody that rides outside the park said it's tons better than inside the park. I mean, you're going through these big meadows and sliding through trees and all this kind of stuff. The five feet deep powder, it's flying all over you, and you got your little kids sitting in front of you just having a ball and you're having a gas riding a snowmobile. You know, in the park, they got snow coach tours and all that stuff. It is a gas. And then the same place where you can rent bicycles and everything in the to ride on the mountain bike trails in the summer, they also do cross country skiing in the winter. They've got groomed more groomed trails right outside of West Yellowstone on the rendezvous trails than anywhere else in the United States. it, it, it is a wonderful Winter playland in West Yellowstone to go do a number of things. People go snowshoeing instead of, you know, hiking because the snow, they don't measure the snow in inches in West Yellowstone and Yellowstone Park. They measure it in feet. You're out there, you know, walking on five or six feet of snow with snowshoes on to go to the Madison River and go check out some cool stuff. It's really, really cool. They've got it really figured out. There's more people coming to West Yellowstone in the winter months now. Plus you can go skiing up in Big Sky Big Sky is the largest ski area in North America They've, they've got the most technologically advanced ski lifts on earth The A through Z shoes I mean they've got everything for everybody everywhere Best ski area I've ever skied in my life And I trust me I was born on ski But as you guys can see as we wind this down There's just a ton of fun stuff to do in the little town of West Yellowstone and the surrounding areas, you know, like I say, the fun doesn't stop when you guys leave the gates of Yellowstone Park, and uh, we kind of went over all that fun stuff here. And so, you guys just remember, everything we just went over is in the guidebook. There's a lot of information we gloss over in these podcasts, and uh, you can get all the money-saving lodging tips and the names of the places I list in the guidebook for you guys, and uh, it's money well spent. And like I said, mentioned the story earlier, the lady that saved all that money on her lodging 2800 bucks just by switching her lodging and she ended up saving another 440 or 50 bucks a person she said on her flights by taking advantage of the uh, outskirt areas then i listed in the guidebook for her besides flying into jackson she ended up saving almost five thousand dollars by purchasing a 25 dollar guidebook so there's not many investments in your life that will be you a know, payoff like that I promise you so everybody have a great time on their Yellowstone Park vacation and I practice what I preach you guys will see me in town and and I'll be at the places that I tell you guys to go out that is where you will find me and I'll see you guys there we'll do some of those uh, those mini beer shots god those things are good Jeez Louise everybody have a great time I'll see you guys later thanks much bye-bye